Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Good evening, wrestling fans, and welcome to the third annual OVP Hall of Fame Bites. Wow. I am Joe Murata. That gentleman right there is Michael Quinn. How you doing? I uh, jumped the gun there. I'm so excited. Oh, well, it's a regal occasion, obviously. For the fame. Now, folks, if you are just stumbling upon this on YouTube, perhaps, and you're wondering, what are these two guys in an attic wearing suits doing talking about current WWE Hall of Fame inductees? Yeah, we don't. We we're don't not, do that. We're not new. Well, who are we around we're here? We're old. Well, what we are is we do our retro wrestling podcast. It's called Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. You can check that out. It's free, and it comes out every single Monday. Just go over to ovppodcast.com or check out the links in the description. If you're listening on the audio and you happen to be stumbling across this, stay with it. It's only a half-hour bite, right. and uh, you it's might be bite. entertained. It's a bite of entertainment. It's really. a bite of entertainment, and if you're one of our regular listeners, we thank you as always for being with us here. As we kick off WrestleMania season, Quinn, the third annual OVP Hall of Fame Bites. Now, WrestleMania season, is this bigger than Battle Royal season? This is bigger than the Super Bowl, I've heard, and the World Series. According to Vincent, and Vincent the Wo- McMahon. <laughs> and it's bigger than the Rolling Stones, according to Jesse Ventura. Right, right. Of course. Don't forget the Rolling Stones. <laughs> you can't forget Why them. Why did he mention the Beatles? Well, because he never went to the Beatles. Oh, okay. So, but we are here, folks, to talk about the first two inductees in the 2019 WWE Hall of Fame class. And we're going to just start it off with some music you might remember. You might have heard this song before, and you might know who these people are. Are you ready? D-Generation X. Now, Quinn, this was a somewhat... Of, there was controversy around now, this inducti- why, induction for a couple of reasons. Why do you say that, Joe? Why, what, what, what about well, the controversy? There are a few things. Before we get into DX themselves, one big complaint is that Rick Rude is not being inducted with DX. Well, he is in the original. He was, and that was we can touch upon that. Now, is the um the Road Dog and, yeah. and, and the and the badass in yeah, there? Yeah, Road Dog and now, Badass see, and not, Sean Waltman. That's not fair because they were in the second yeah, DX. Yeah, but they were in the DX that was very popular in 1998. And I the, always considered them imitators. Well, but. I know you do, and I want to get into that. And then the other big complaint that I've heard and I've read is that Yes, China is getting into the Hall of Fame now, but it is as a part of DX, which is leaving some people a bit sour, and understandably so. But well, she's in. She's in for now, uh, this way, a soft induction, if you will. But Quinn, D-Generation X kind of organically formed, it would seem, on screen in August of 1997 when Shawn Michaels, yeah. uh, who had just turned heel. Shawn Nichols. Shawn yes. Nichols. My favorite wrestler. Of course, Shawn Nichols. Yep. He teamed up with uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Yes, he was that. You ever heard of him? Yeah, back then. <laughs> He's kind of a big deal now. Nobody really calls him that anymore. No. He's the like King of Kings, Lord of the Champions. Paul, uh, uh, Paul Levesque. Paul King Levesque. Paul King Levesque. <laughs> and Triple H had a bodyguard. Her name was China. Shawn Michaels had recently instituted his insurance policy, he called it. That would be the returning, bearded, suited, briefcase-holding, ravishing Rick Rude. Yeah, that was a big deal at the time, too. It was a big deal. Because he had not been seen for quite a bit since his uh, world championship days of yeah, their world championship wrestling. That's right. So these guys formed a bit of a stable that went without a name for the first two months. And then it was in October of, two, of 1997 where Bret Hart cut his famous promo. You know, you guys are a bunch of degenerates. <laughs> degeneration. And then Michaels and, is like, yeah, great. And then, and then remember he was like, uh, you know what? You could call yeah. us a degeneration, degeneration X. Yep. You make the rules and we, we break, break them. Yeah, and that whole thing. 
The early incarnation, the original incarnation of DX, uh, they lost Rick Rude in November after the screw job, and he appeared on Nitro. Right. The yeah. night, you that, know, that was weird. very shortly after. Well, what was weird about it is that he somehow, I don't know how he did it, but he was like on both the sh- He must have had like a jet plane for himself. I think himself. so. I don't, yeah. know, I don't how know how he, else you would do that. that it was kind of crazy. So the trio of Shawn Michaels, Triple H, and China existed as DX until pretty much WrestleMania 14 in March of 98. Yeah. And then, of course, Shawn Michaels, Quinn, he was holding a ball that he dropped. Right. Well, that's according to the Lord of Champions <laughs> yeah. or whatever, who <laughs> thought he should be the champion. And nobody really thought that at all. And at least in 1998, <laughs> right. people were like, what? Like, who, who the hell is this guy? That is what always bothered me about here the second is. Here iteration. it is, folks. This dude over here thinks he's Shawn Michaels. Get out of here. No, nobody. You're a mid-carder. No. And don't forget Mike Tyson was in DX for a couple of weeks uh, yeah, as well. Break. Yeah. Why, why is he <laughs> you not? You're a heartbreak. Why is he not in this? See, that's a bigger outrage, honestly, yeah. if you ask me. Now, anyway, the original DX Quinn uh, is often compared, I guess DX in general, is compared to the NWO. But as you and I have pointed out in the past, they weren't the same type of thing. No doubt influenced. I get it. But. They didn't have the same goals. Let me put it to you this way. I always thought that they were the northern version of the NWO, which also means that they did it correctly where there wasn't 1,000 people in it. And, um, you know, there wasn't jabronis. Right. Other than maybe Triple H. But Oh, um, come now. Yeah. But these were, you know, it was a compact NWO, right? It was was the same group of guys, if you think about it, though. It was the same. It was that click, you know, Hall and Ash. Sure, yeah, literally the click. Right. It was just like. The other half of it. And I, if I recall, there was one point where like Nash or Hall or somebody says like, we like what you're doing up there and, like, uh, like yeah. on WCW, yes. like they like complimented them like on air. Right. But the DX is what Jim, the original DX is what Jim Ross would term, you know, a sophomore class failed trip. They were more <laughs> about just like being immature and being annoying more than they were trying to take over well, WWF. at first. And then, you know, you know, Swordmaster over there, Triple H wanted to turn it into like a, a war against the uh, WCW and against the nation of uh, constipation. Right. And if you believe Vince McMahon and Triple H, that that one time when they showed up with a tank, that's why WWF won the ratings yes, war. Only was, that. I mean, Vince really that's owes why. his entire life to Triple H. Like, according to him, <laughs> like, like if it wasn't for him, he probably also takes credit for Lou Albano finding people on a plane. Like, some, Lopper, maybe yeah. Triple H was like a baby on that plane. Right. And he, like, <laughs> ordain that to happen or something. <laughs> now, the DX that formed after WrestleMania 14, they were initially still heels. It would be Triple H now heading it up, much to the chagrin of Quinn, uh, with China, and then the returning Sean Waltman as the kid and then X-Pac, who cut one of my all-time favorite promos on his first like <laughs> Hulk Hogan, you suck! <laughs> it was great. And they added the New Age Outlaws, and they were heels. They could only hang on as heels for maybe like six weeks they before were the crowd. Popular, yeah. yeah. If I recall, did, did they also, when did they like beat up Jim An- Anvil Neidhart <laughs> for whatever reason? That was the December 1st, 97 Raw. Oh, okay. That it was, was the old Sean DX. Was- <laughs> you have I fond memories like, like of Neidhart getting a ball t- shot. <laughs> the ball shot. <laughs> from China. He's like, I'm going to be in DX. It's like, what? Like, <laughs> What was that about? I don't know. Should they put him in for that one night? No. Uh, so <laughs> Natty would be happy. She would. That's her dad, you know. Yeah. Uh, so DX then would go on to be faces. Big mid-card feud with the Nation of Domination, as Quinn alluded to. Triple H and Rock were like the main stars of that feud. And he had X-Pac and Allegedly, D-Lo. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and the big SummerSlam 98 ladder match. And then DX kind of started to waver. I mean, people were turning heel. Left and right, splitting up, going after singles titles in 99. Here's something I think should be remembered is that um, if you recall, there was a point like after that, right? That's when they kind of dispersed a bit. Early 99. But they were still like a a unit to the point of like, weren't they like goons for Triple H when he was like 
corporation version okay. or whatever. Good point. So when Triple H turned heel again in uh, the, the uh, summer of 99. When he claimed it was his time. Right. <laughs> it was his time. Yeah. He uh, won the title. And then throughout 2000, like on and off until like the summer, like he was loosely associated with DX still until it all kind of just dissipated. China was all long gone from the WWE at that point. Right. And uh, we wouldn't have a DX reunion officially until 2006. The awful, immature oh, version. DX that, like, Babies that, edition? <laughs> that the one li- with the actual DX Baby shirt? Yes. Shawn Michaels now playing like the second banana, the Triple H. Yeah, you know what? That is just, again, with the Triple H, like, I own this. This is mine. <laughs> Even though, like, Shawn Michaels made the name up probably off the top of his head. Someone's on, like, head. On Raw one night. I like, think it was JR came up with the name, but nevertheless, yes. You, you I know, know what, what mean. I mean, though. Like, the whole him playing second banana yeah, shit. Like, yeah. that is garbage. I guess maybe he wanted to do it that way, but this DX was, like, also on and off until, like, I feel 2010. Because yeah. wasn't Michael stolen his DX gear when he reunited with Bret Hart? Yes, he was. He looked stupid. Now, he had, like, he, he was dumb. Gonna, I will say he was in like 50% DX here because he had his cowboy hat, but not a DX cowboy hat, like still an HBK cowboy hat. But he hat. had the cutoff shirt that's right, like all but he, floppy. I think he was wearing his DX baby shirt and like... <laughs> and it's not like Brett looked much better. Well, he, Brett was wearing jean shorts for some reason. They were down to his ankle hair. Well, that was like the John Cena style. Maybe he's like, you know, I like John Cena, so I'll but wear I these. I could wear a good pair of jorts. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, DX left a legacy that is fondly remembered amongst people that were fans of the Attitude Era and Maybe no one else. Honestly, if it's if it's after your time or before your time, you might not have any affinity for the immaturity of DX. I come to wonder what people who didn't grow up in the 1998-97 iteration of DX think of the 2006 DX Babies iteration. Probably like, think it's funny. Like, what do you think? I don't know. Like, there I was kind a, of liked it. There briefly. was a lot of there was some fun stuff. Like the time, remember when they discovered the midget world under the yes, the, that was hey DX brought that into kayfabe. And, and the time where Shawn Michaels kicked Stan in the hallway, and then he kept super kicking people the whole way down the hallway. And, that was very yeah, funny. And but that's you, about it. You know what the thing that they always acted like was funny, but it wasn't what when um. Shawn Michaels dressed up as Shane McMahon and, and that wasn't Vince good. dressed up as uh, Triple H dressed up as Vince. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. wasn't funny. Yeah, they thought that was like <laughs> the funniest shit and they show clips of that like all the time. No one like, remembers it was like, that. Oh man, this, we really got Vince that night. Like he, <laughs> he is still mad about it to this day. And they used like a voice changer on him once and this all happened so and it was dumb. all bad. But a lot of horn swoggle. A lot of horn. Uh, overall though, Quinn, wasn't he an honorary member by the way? I think he was. Yeah, but, is he in the, this? No. Uh, like, what do you, I bet you all these stupid people will show up at the end, by the way. Maybe. What do you think DX's legacy is overall to wrestling? Not what WWE says it is, obviously, because yeah. I think they overstate some of it a bit. It's certainly no NWO in terms of importance. But what do you think it did for WWE? Well, I, I think of it more not for what it did for I think it didn't. It just was part of the show for WWE. It helped the, make entertaining television. Though. Right. For the wrestlers, I thought that's what to me was more of an impact like for Sean it was a nice center portion of his career where he was like lead lead of a pack and like right. these were like his guys and it top it heel added, it, yeah it added some credibility to this like he's the top heel sure you know that kind of thing right to Triple H it helped build him up I mean it did but it even though he claims did. ownership over the whole thing <laughs> okay. which is still annoying <laughs> um, I thought it was a nice 
what was kind of cool was it was a cool way to reintroduce Rick Rude into the fold. I thought yeah, that was, was a nice. nice second act. And it's unfortunate that he passed away because, I mean, that was really his... He could have come back, yeah. That was really his entry point. And I know from that point on, he'd been training to come back to wrestling. Yes, he um, had been. So That's correct. Had that worked out, maybe... you know, He could have made a return to WWE at some point. Um, China, I mean, it really established her. It really did. I mean, it gave her a lot of uh, presence, a lot of screen time. And, you know... As far as China's concerned, she should be in the Hall of Fame, I she think, should. all things considered. I, as much as, Joe, I know you're not like a big fan of her. I'm not a big fan, fan of her, her work. Right, but I know that... She like, should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, she definitely Absolutely should be. Absolutely should. Um, I also think it really helped establish the New Age Outlaws as a top tag team. 100% did they, a lot for them. They were kind of going in an upward trajectory before DX. In fact, at... There were certain points where I was like, I don't think these guys need to be in this group. I thought like, the same thing. Yeah, like I was like, they're pretty over. Like yeah. everyone, they're a force to be reckoned with. Like, yeah, they have backup now. I guess they, I don't know, but like they're a tag team, so they don't really need backup. Right, right. It's two guys, but um, yeah, it really helped them though. And, and Waltman, Sean Waltman, yes. one two three kid, X Pac. Yeah. What about what about a DX member Tori? <laughs> uh, did it help her? Oh God, Tori, that's funny. And Kane, the honorary member, like if, briefly, and then they turned on him. Yeah, or remember that? Man, all these shenanigans. <laughs> I, I wonder how many people in the end were in DX, like total. If you include like Horn Swoggle and not as and, many as were in the NWO at any given time right, in 1997, yeah. I'll tell you that much. Right. I think DX. Uh, I think you hit it a great point there with what it did for the careers of everyone involved. No doubt about it. Yeah. I also think it made for some very entertaining television. Both the initial heel version. Yeah. Because it was just fresh, right? I think the initial heel version did the most for television. Right. But in terms of the mid-card version, the face version, they were also really entertaining and everyone was over. So yeah, they, To me, that was more, that was bringing it to the children. Like, cause, True. Because the beginning of DX, it was more for the adults in the crowd. Yeah, of course. It, they or the teenagers, the late of, teens. I'm just saying a lot of sexual references that might have gone over the head of like, Drug you know, references, you know, yeah. Drug references that went over the head of maybe an eight or nine-year-old. Of course. Like, but anyone can sing along to the Outlaws catchphrase, you Right, know? exactly. So the second iteration was yeah. more for the younger crowd. So overall, Quinn, I would say they definitely deserve to be in. I don't want to overstate their importance. I think the NWO is obviously a more important stable in the right. history of wrestling, and so are the Four Horsemen. But and the horsemen are in. Yeah. And I think it's only a matter of time before we see the NWO get in as a stable. Does that mean VK Wall Street will no. be in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, with Vincent. Vincent. <laughs> yeah, Virgil will make it. Stevie Ray. But would you what do you think? Should DX be in? I yeah, think definitely. So. I mean, no and, doubt about it. And Triple H, you know, I guess horning his way in. Not not that he probably even campaigned for this, but Triple H is now a Hall of Famer. Yeah, that's say. true. From my understanding of how management handles the Hall of Fame, apparently, like they don't, they don't nominate themselves. No, which if if Triple H is management, which means somebody else nominated him. Yeah, and I mean, look, China should be in, I think, and and maybe she will get in on her own one day. But this is nice. At yeah. least she's getting in the Hall of Fame. She was a big, important member of DX, as just as important as anyone and actually, else. Actually, I know Triple H had a bit of sympathy for her. Um, a couple years ago when yeah. there was an outcry to bring her in and maybe this was Triple H's way. Well, our legal department says right, it's not right. a good idea, but what if I put her, what if we, you know, suggest that she goes in with a group? You know hey, what I mean? I mean, it's take what you can get at this point, right. folks. But overall, I say DX should be in. So that's our first induction. Right. Let's find out who's next. <laughs> the Honky Tonk Man. Or the Honky Donkey Man. Yeah, the Honky Donkey Man. First of all, great theme song. This yeah, is his second theme. Now, this isn't Hunka 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 Love. No, <laughs> that's his third theme. But I guess we'll get to that in the history yeah. of Hunky. So, Wayne Ferris, the honky tonk man. Very Wayne. He's very Ferris. Yeah. And I think one great thing about him 
in all seriousness, is that he's very memorable. Oh, Whether yeah, you love that, him or hate him. Now, you always had questions about what he is, which I never could understand. Because okay. like, he, he doesn't act like he's an Elvis impersonator. He acts like Elvis ripped him off. And well, I just don't understand the gimmick. Well, what's wrong with that? Like, he acts like he recorded all of Elvis' songs before Elvis did. Now, is there any proof that he didn't? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he just says it. How do we... He's from Memphis and shit. Maybe That's there true. was, like, some secret records recorded, like, before he was a wrestler. You know what? You might be right, Quinn. You might have just opened up my eyes to something no, here. Maybe that's the kayfabe <laughs> explanation. So, uh... Wayne Farris in the 70s and into the 80s was part of a tag team known as the Blonde Bombers. Uh, I had no clue about any of that. With, believe it or not, Quinn, his partner, Moondog Spot. Oh, well, we know him. <laughs> we do like now, him. he should definitely be a future Hall of Famer oh, yeah, along right. with Regis and yeah. stuff. and Moondog Rex, yeah. perhaps. And the Honky Tonk Man then came to the WWF in September, I believe it was, of 1986 as a face with suspenders and didn't he write like a letter to the fans yeah. like can, am I a face or a heel like did that happen yeah basically so, like, so for my, he basically asked the fans like what am I yeah. uh, and they it's answered real. and they answered you're a fucking heel yeah. but from what I understand and this is only from stories I've heard I don't know the truth Vince McMahon really thought this is one version of it that this guy would totally be over as a face and they could sell the jumpsuits to the kids and all the kids would <laughs> no, love this guy. You say that, but when he first came in, he had the suspenders and not the jumpsuit. He had so the jumpsuit over it sometimes. Not as a face that I've ever I seen. I think so. He in never promos. had a shirt on when he was a face. <laughs> Sorry, I'm sure he wore shirts. But nevertheless, right? Nevertheless, uh, very quickly, he is turned heel after his vote right. of confidence that Quinn mentioned. And That's uh, what it was. Can you explain that just officially yeah, okay. real quick? Because that's yes, no problem. Be important to be understood here. They knew they were going to turn him heel. Yeah. So they engineered this vote of confidence, which was basically the honky tonk man cutting promos, but doing it in a condescending way right. where you knew the fans were going to turn on right, him. Right, right. So he... Then turns heel, brings in Jimmy Hart, dubs him the Colonel Jimmy Hart. You know, that's where I that mean, nickname came from. He is the originator, unlike Elvis. Yeah, so and, like, and Colonel Parker. So Jimmy Jimmy um, was definitely the original Colonel. Then. Oh, definitely, like, yes. Obviously. Now, he couldn't get the real, real Colonel Parker, obviously, no. and not the actual Colonel and Parker And not Colonel either. Sanders either. Yeah. Well, I'm busy making the chicken. Was he alive no. at the beginning of that? Died no? like 1980 or something. Okay. Nevertheless, the Honky Tonk Man became a heel. A bit of a mid-card heel, feuded notably with Jake the Snake Roberts in uh, 1987. Jack the Snack, yeah. Jack the Snack. Now, if I recall, at the uh, WrestleMania 3 event. Yes, that uh, event. we haven't reviewed yet. No, we'll be getting there in but, a couple months. Um, he has Alice Cooper in his corner to fight the Hunky Dunky. Yes, he does. Uh, to fight that Hunky Dunky. Um, and that was a big deal, right? I mean, like, yeah. that's... High-profile match. If you think about it, they got Alice Cooper. The storyline reason was another musician. Yeah, you know, but to fight uh, nightmare music. Right. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is that's actually a big. The fact that the celebrity involvement involved Honky Tonk and Jake the Snake, and they both like snakes. Alice right. Cooper, big fan of snakes. Right. I'm just saying that that was kind of a big deal for him. It was. It was a high profile feud. It had the misfortune of going directly after Savage Steamboat. Right. Well, but Honky had the fortune of facing Ricky Steamboat on June second, right. nineteen eighty-seven. Laugh, if you will. And this is where his Hall of Fame career comes. And if you ask me, he was the uh, Intercontinental Champion starting on June 2nd, 1987, defeated now, uh, Ricky Steamboat. Right. I was going to say, now that was a big surprise. Well, um, yeah, because he had definitely be noted. He hadn't really done too much by this point. He'd only been in WWF for just eight, nine months and or something. Ricky Steamboat just had this triumphant right. victory. A couple you know? months earlier. So Honky Tonk wins. Everyone's pissed. And then they do the most brilliant thing. Everyone stays pissed at Honky, and Honky continues to barely retain his title all throughout the rest of 87. Right. All throughout 1988 until he finally 
uh, meets the Ultimate Warrior as a surprise opponent at SummerSlam 88. And I think that was done so well because Honky had had it for so long. So freaking long. And Longest. He, when he gets this match, he loses it in like two seconds. And that's, that's to me, that's like the perfect, perfect like storytelling. Yep. Like it's like when he finally loses it, it, it just, it happens in like a second. Right. And make no mistake about Honky Tonk Man's run. He was able to headline the B shows as the Intercontinental Champion because people were willing to pay to see him get his ass kicked. Now, I must say, um, with, with this loss here, there is some noted controversy um, that sure. the Honky has talked about in shoot interviews about how they were actively de-pushing him a little earlier, but it was it all happened from one meeting that they didn't even invite him to. Oh, really? Um, and some I think Jimmy or somebody came out of the meeting and said, you know, told him what was going on and he got really mad and he almost quit. He almost took the belt with him. Really? To, I didn't crock it. Yeah. Uh, oh, maybe in early eighty eight. Yeah. yeah okay. Like he almost said fuck this that. place and left. And right. um somebody over at WCW um I almost want to say it's a, eh, what's his name? That, that guy, Jim Barnett. Jim Barnett. <laughs> yeah. He, he called up Jim Barnett My boy. or one, well, someone of those promoter kind of guys. Yeah, right. Right. And they told him that do not leave. It's the worst thing for your career. You'll be blackballed everywhere. Do not, it could have been in the eighties. Like he had to be talked off a ledge and he called his wife and his wife talked him out. It was like a whole thing. He called Priscilla. Yeah, Priscilla or <laughs> Sherry or whatever. Um, Peggy Sue. <laughs> but yeah, it was a it was a whole thing. They they kind of screwed him, and then you know he wasn't really on good terms with Vince for a long time. Yeah, and what's funny is he would linger for about two two years and change more. But right after SummerSlam, after a couple of token rematches, he was shifted yeah. down the card. Never really won. Teamed up with Greg Valentine. And then eventually team up with Valentine and become Rhythm and Blues in 1990. Right, and then then Greg Valentine, his hair, and they both reminded uh, Mary Tyler Moore of Elvis, of course. Right. Yeah, best of theatrics, of course, Elvis. And they were, you know, their big main event push at WrestleMania six was performing a song poorly or lip syncing to a song oh, poorly. Wait. Hey, don't. That's a good song. <laughs> you like hunka 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 love? Yeah, that's the name. Yeah, too. that's the name of it. Uh, well, according to that girl <laughs> in the crowd, and then Honky just kind of stops wrestling and winds up doing commentary by the yeah. end of ninety, early ninety one. I'm not. The last at last six weeks of ninety or so, yeah, something like that. He's the commentator with Vince, <laughs> yeah, yeah like, and Roddy, and Roddy, and it's really weird. It's really and I weird. Don't, I don't understand if that was the I like. Was they going to transition him into commentary? That's what it seemed like because he keeps coming back. Like that's, that's the, the other unfortunate th- part. That's the other thing about this guy. Well, besides his runs on the indies, uh, he went to WCW in '94 for God knows what reason. I guess they threw some money at him. He came in. He was there a couple of months. Got in a dispute with Eric Bischoff about money. Now, in 94. should we note about this 94 stuff? Wasn't he yeah. a Hogan friend or something? See, I don't know if Hogan got him in. It's possible. It's coincidental timing, if nothing else. And it was I, right after Hogan the started. The thing is, I know he was good friends with a lot of promoters. Well, um, Jimmy Hart was from, there, too. From, from just the, the way he was talking about, sure. you know, you know when that Intercontinental Belt stuff went down. It seemed right. like people liked him, genuinely liked him. It's possible. Like he wasn't like a jerk or anything. Well, Dusty was over in WCW at the time, and maybe he was friends with Dusty, yeah. and Dusty had an in for him. I'm not sure, but he was only there very briefly, thankfully. And then he would just keep coming back to WWF, starting in late 96 as an announcer, like yeah. for no reason now, we throughout have to, 97. We, we can't bring up, because we can't not bring up for for that. Um, like We have to bring up the fact that, yes. um, if you recall... Um, the Degeneration X that we just talked about, right? Yes. The New Age Outlaws. They yes. They were associated with Honky, so it's a nice little... They were associated with Honky, were they? Yeah. How so? 
remember? No. They they formed because of the whole rockabilly oh, and the look road at you dog putting thing. the dots together yeah. there. Very good association, Quinn. Yeah. That's right. Rockabilly. Yeah. <laughs> rockabilly gun. Uh, what, what, the, what was that storyline? Uh, so he, Honky wants a, I need the new Honky Tonk man or right, whatever it was, was, right? Gonna, like Jesse James could have been, but he like rejected he him want, or something. Well, you know why? Yeah. He wanted to be alone with his baby tonight. He was working hard on the go. That's right. So <laughs> essentially he rejects him and right. then Rockabilly comes yeah. along. Uh, it's Billy Gunn just with brown hair. He still has jeans on. So I don't even know like why he was different, but he, he wore like a Dazzler jacket. Yeah, that's about it. That's it was, about but he had still the smoking guns gear on. Like <laughs> he, he barely tried. Yeah. His hair was like brown er. And anyway, Honky's just so fucking annoying that they like both turn on Honky and like end up becoming a team. And then like the next week on Raw, they hit uh, Mosh or Thrasher or Thurman or whatever his yeah, name Thurman. is. Thurman. W- Winky, Winky, I don't know. Yeah, they hit him with the moon. JVC Kaboom Box because they were yep. the sponsor or and whatever. That, and and then, that was the New Age Outlaws. Right, exactly. But it had to do with Hall of Famer Honky Tonk Wow, Man. so there's a link to this whole thing. So overall with the Honky, I have said in the past on our regular podcast that I hated the guy, and I get it now. <laughs> in my old age, I finally get it, Quinn. There's a reason people liked Wayne you Ferris in the back. You know why I didn't like him? Why? Because he's such a good heel. Yeah, exactly. Plain and simple, I'm a mark for that. Yeah. They got me. He did a great job. Because he's so annoying. In the ring, out of the ring, promos, everything about him is so irritating. And that explains why he's the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion. That explains why I just could not stand him because he was so damn good. At what he did. At what he did. He is a definite Hall of Famer. Yeah. 100%. And and actually, like, it's cool looking back now and thinking about all the stuff. It's like, he would get people over. He did. Going back to his Intercontinental title, even with the Jake the Snake feud. Brutus Beefcake got a lot of kick out of that feud. Right. That was good for his And then, honestly, he's, if you think about it, he is what propelled Rockabilly and uh, Jesse James out of their funk. I mean, really? I mean, it was was that angle. Right, right. You know what I mean? It was... Okay, we'll have him beat up Honky Tonk Man. Now everyone loves him. Like, you know what I mean? That's like, a good that, point, because who doesn't want to see Honky Tonk Man get beat up, right? Right, even as like an old man or yeah. whatever. Like, so he, he did his job. He totally did his job. And, uh, you know, I finally have come to see the light that as much as I couldn't stand him, he's a heel. Right. You're not supposed to like him. Exactly. If they're really doing it right, you shouldn't like him. And then when you take a step back from it all, you realize, holy shit, this guy was... T-. And n- no right to be as over as he was, because he looked like shit in the ring anyway. Right. You know? pudgy physique that's the brilliance of it i think that's another credit to him yes. is that he took um he, and i don't doubt i bet you he was well versed in like knowing how to wrestle of course because a lot of the guys came back up in that, the 70s yeah a lot of the guys back then they knew their fundamentals and everything he knew he was in the nick Goulas area yeah, i like, think i mean if, he knew if i were to guess um he did what a hogan would do and that's yes. wrestle the way you're yep. the wrestle to the crowd instead of wrestle yep. like to the, the five-star match you uh-huh, know? match exactly no totally right quinn what do you think overall here for the hunky dunky i think he's deserving as yeah, i mean for, absolutely. D- for wwe hall of fame very specifically just being the longest reigning intercontinental champion is like a thing in kayfabe that they'll never that alone yeah you know they they've even had people try to beat the record and they didn't well santino morella remember yeah, that the hunk that's where hunky dunky man comes yeah, from yeah the hunk uh yeah i mean I hats off to him. Yeah, honestly. exactly. I, I, I think that it's, it's more than deserving and just the rain alone is probably what got him in. But yeah, because I mean, before that, nothing really after that, 
nothing really. But, but he, he did do a lot of service to putting people over. He did. He put everyone over between 88 right. and 90. He, yeah. I don't know if I saw him win a damn match and, after that warrior and, thing. And, like, and, and again, credit to the outlaws thing. That's his like last gift to us. That was really great. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you put that together. Yeah, because yeah. that was during the era where he just started showing up as a commentator t- to annoy at, people. He didn't get it at first. No, I'm like, what the hell is he doing here? <laughs> right. Isn't he on that horrible Raw in Berlin or one of those? Yeah, I think so. The one that was the lowest rated one were, ever. They were just setting the stage, Joe. They for the just, new age outlaws. Like to beat the shit out of them. Like that's all. That's, and then he just left. He like never came back after that. If you, you, Very briefly. He yeah, would like do like a one night cameo. But like never like regularly no. like that was. So you heard it here first. Without the honky tonk man, there's no DX. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you well, heard it here there's from no Michael piece Quinn. of DX. Yes. There's no outlaws. No, I think that's fair. And I think that both of the two, first two inductees, definite Hall of Fame contenders. Next week, we're going to be coming back with the next two that were announced. Right. So in the meantime, why don't you make sure if you're just finding us for the first time, which is possible because we don't know who you are. You might not know who we are. Why don't you make sure you check out our regular Monday show? We have uh, episode 120 is out right now as we speak. 121 will be out next Monday. And uh, if you have any questions, you can obviously tweet at us on Twitter. You can email us at ovppodcast at gmail.com. And we have a very fun Facebook group, actually. You can just search for our vantage point retro wrestling podcast join the group there on facebook it's a really fun time but quinn we have more hall and more fame to be coming next week yes we do until that time i am joe Murata. that is michael quinn and we will see you guys next week see ya